Yes, what's up? Welcome into Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice NBA Edition. It's your boy Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, along with my man Stu, aka Monotone Football. And it is a high holy day in the world of sports today as the 2023-2024 NBA campaign will kick off. So basically from today to just about Father's Day of 2024, the NBA will be front and center in the sports world. Obviously, a lot going on to get things started. So coming up on the program today, listen, we got two games tonight. Los Angeles Lakers and Denver Nuggets. Nuggets getting ready to get their championship rings, stunting in front of LeBron James. And then in our nightcap tonight, we get Kevin Durant making his first appearance at the Chase Center as the Phoenix Suns take on the Golden State Warriors. A new look Phoenix Suns, Bradley Beal on that team. DeAndre Ayton going a lot to get into. Got a full slate tomorrow. Going to talk about some of the games I've already bet for tomorrow. Not to mention the fact we're looking to some betting trends and some BetMGM insights. Stu, my man, welcome to the 2023 National Basketball Association season. Thank you, man. It's that rare time of year where you can go away from a Monday night football you know, game, turn those profits over, bet it on Seth Curry. The next day you can turn that over, bet it on Alex Ovechkin. We've got all the major sports going. We've got some of the best players in the world playing basketball tonight. I'm fired up, man. It's a new chance to make some more money, which is hey, what we're trying to do at the end of the day here. But we're all basketball fans as well, so I'm fired up. All right, right now, uh, this is about – Every take a look across these odds. Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers. That's our first game tonight. That's a 7:30 p.m. Eastern time tip. This one right here, Nuggets laying five and a half at home versus the Lakers. That's pending across the board rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals. That was won in sweeping fashion by the Denver Nuggets. They could have went to nine games. It may have been 9-0. And then the Golden State Warriors are point and a half favorites versus the Phoenix Suns. Uh, looks like we're seeing more. That, oh, FanDuel is going up to two and a half on the Golden State Warriors. So that's interesting right there. So right now, FanDuel laying at two and a half with the Golden State, with the Warriors. Everybody else sitting at one and a half. We'll come back and check in on those numbers in just a bit. You know what I'm saying? But I want to get us started uh, talking about last season, uh, Stu, and looking back at some of the things that took place last season for against the spread purposes. And last year, the best teams against the spread, teams that hit at 54% or higher, the Orlando Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Boston Celtics, the Utah Jazz, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And Stu, I think this tells an interesting story coming into this year about how betting against the spread in the NBA can very well go. You have teams like Utah, Oklahoma City, and Orlando that were really undervalued and teams like Boston and Philadelphia that were really good and lived up to their potential value. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, it's, it's obvious why we don't hear the Lakers of the world on yes. those kind of lists, the Knicks of the world. Cause even if these are great squads, they're teams that the public is all over and you're not getting value on that number. And you kind of nailed it right there. A team like Oklahoma city pretty much lived undervalued all of last year, even when they showed us just how good they were, Frankly, because we don't see him on TV. They don't have the LeBron James on the squad. And that obviously changes things. So 
I, I like you mentioned that right there. And I think it's important to always kind of look at these undervalued teams and a little bit less at the teams that we all know and recognize. Now, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that, right? Cause let, and let's stick with the Oklahoma City Thunder because are they to the point now where they're like, okay, I don't want to say odds make us catch up with them, but are they going to go from being undervalued this year to being overvalued? Because a lot of people picking this team to not even not make the playing tournament, but to be a top six team in the West, a team that can compete. Do you think that we see a situations this year where that ATS number could possibly flip for the Oklahoma City Thunder? I think so. I mean, the, the bookmakers have had a whole offseason to adjust and to kind of see where they lost last year. And Vegas lives on for a reason. They're never going to be broke, right? You've never seen a bookie with a part-time job. So for me, <laughs> I, I believe they're going to be writing adjust. articles for Sportstopia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say, just to close it off, though, I think you always need to be looking for that next team. So I don't think we can sit and rely on the Oklahoma City of the past because I think they've caught up now. We need to find who's that next team that's ready to take that level is it the pistons is it the bulls you got to find these teams that the public is kind of down on um and get there before everyone else does maybe that team is the orlando magic orlando was a team last year as i mentioned hit against the spread at about 54 percent 45 and 35 versus the spread last year for the orlando magic obviously not a playoff contender team nothing like that but this team this year you get year two on the bench mancaro you still got some good ancillary pieces around them. Are the Orlando Magic a team that you can see back in against the spread successfully this year? Yeah, I think that's a good one. They obviously have something not a lot of regular season teams have. They have defense, right? This isn't necessarily the flashiest team in the world on the offensive side of the ball, but they got a lot of guys that play hard. They just re-signed Cole Anthony, which I think was a pretty good pickup. A little bit of a crowded guard room. I'm a fan of Fultz over there. The healthier he's looked, the better he's looked. I think that's a guy that's a legit rotation piece on a lot of good teams. I think it's a solid team. I, I would be a little bit more worried, like you said, come playoff time. I don't think they have the all-star upside to maybe make that deep run but i agree i think that's a good team especially with paolo getting even better after a phenomenal rookie season second best team ats in the league last year was the utah jazz 47 33 and i guess that would have to be 47 33 and two no one that had to be 47 33 and one 47 ats wins covered the spread in 57 percent of their games and the reason why that is the utah jazz came into last season with thoughts of people thinking that they were going to be a team that was tanking and they ended up like going on this amazing run to start the season to where I'm like, well, this team going to make the playoffs. They kind of folded up shop late in the year, but still a very good against the spread team. What do you think of the Utah jazz coming into the season? I think that's one that still will have more value, to be honest, because I don't think the public has necessarily given Utah the credit maybe that they deserve for what they did last year. Well, I think we kind of already gave OKC that credit. So for me, I think it'll be a good angle. Obviously, I'm curious to see, can Laurie Markkinen keep playing at that extremely high level that he played at last season? Obviously, got him all those accolades. They've got some young pieces there. It'll be a fun team, um, and I think they should be pretty good against the spread. Because like I said, I don't think people have really given them the respect they deserve. Also, John Collins down there, that could be an interesting piece. I'm excited to see how they use him, how they revive his career. All right, on the, other, on the flip side, teams last season that covered the spread in less than 43% of their games, the Detroit Pistons, the Houston Rockets, 
the San Antonio Spurs, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Miami Heat. So what you see right here, the Miami Heat was the worst ATS team in the NBA last year. The worst. The Dallas Mavericks, well, matter of fact, they were tied with the Dallas Mavericks for the worst ATS teams in the NBA last year, Miami and Dallas. These are teams, Stu, that were overvalued the majority of the season. And this is a kind of a trend that you want to catch on to quickly. And if you're a league pass guy, a gal, and watching every night, you catch on to these things because as soon as I saw Miami, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This Miami team, this is a team to fade against the spread. And that also was the case last year with the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, and it's one of those things that you don't really get unless you watch a lot. And like you said, the, the Miami is a specifically good example because even when they win games, they win in the scrappy, they fight you, they don't cover those big spreads that you want, right? Even against these disappointing teams. For me, it's always important to see which teams play up to their opponents and which teams play down to their opponents. Because obviously, if you're not going into these games, you know, 100% effort, absolutely killing these bad teams, then you're going to have these kind of rough spreads records and i think it shows here dallas is a more interesting one i mean what do you think do you think that's the luca effect of just people never wanting to go against dallas and then it hurting them in the end it's a couple things with with dallas this is what i'll say with dallas right they always play on television so they are kind of always in these spots right especially early in the season what you'll see is the primetime games early in the season are going to be heavily bet because on a safe way, on a Tuesday night, like a night like tonight, there's no football on, but people have a ton of football money sitting in their account. So who are they going to back? Are they going to back Luca and Kyrie Irving? Or are they going to back, you know what I'm saying, the Atlanta Hawks? You see what I'm saying? They're yeah. going to back Luca and Kyrie Irving. And I think a lot of that plays into why the Dallas Mavericks had this bad ATS record, because I think people bet them blindly in prime, in prime time spots. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm hoping that them actually being healthy at the same time this year means we get that better performance. Because you are right. People obviously see the names and they automatically click. But a lot of the time, they were not healthy last year. How many combined games did these guys play together? I don't think it was more than like 15, you know, towards the end of the year. I think it was mostly either one guy or the other starting. So for me... As a guy that likes, I, I want Dallas to succeed. I think they're a fun playoff team. Just getting Luka in the postseason has already given us some good moments throughout history, whether it was that Clippers shot, that rivalry they got. I want this team to make it to the playoffs, especially with Kyrie there now. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a big fan of both players, Kyrie Irving. Uh, like, I'm a big fan. Now, get me wrong. I'm very tough on Kyrie Irving. You know what I'm saying? I'm hard on him because I, he's super-duper talented. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I wish it would just be more about basketball and less about everything else. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not telling him to shut up and dribble. You know what I mean? I don't want to go that route, but I'm just saying it's like, for Christ's sakes, Kyrie Irving. You know what I mean? Can we can we play basketball? You know what I'm saying? And be the elite, elite skilled player that you are all right there. All right. So let's hop in and discuss some win totals quickly. Now, these are the teams and the win totals that the public has bet the most these are the win totals that the public has bet the most the pacers 38 and a half the pistons 28 and a half and the bucks 54 and a half now the pacers they're betting the over 
The Pistons, they're betting the over. Pacers, 38 and a half. Pistons, 28 and a half. Now, Stu, I was burnt by the Pistons win total last year. I'm romantic. You burn me once, and you got to get you you got to get penicillin. I'm off of you for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going back to the Pistons win total, but I do like the Indiana Pacers to be a 43 to 45 wins team this year. Yeah, I'm surprised to see them on the list, but I, I see why they are. I, I see a lot of young pieces kind of developing at the right time. Tyrese Halliburton, a guy I just drafted in my season-long fantasy league with all my guys last night. So that was exciting. Obviously, one of the best young point guards in the league. Great playmaker. The shooting is getting better every season. For me, it just kind of comes down to like how engaged is this team, and do we see kind of anyone take up that role as a superstar? A guy I'm curious to see is Matherin, how he progresses this year. I thought he had a very good rookie season last year. He showed he could score with pretty much anyone in the league. So a lot of young pieces. That's the only concern I would say is whenever you bet a win total on a team with a lot of young guys, with a lot of unproven pieces, there's always that chance it kind of blows up in your face and they kind of look terrible. But I think it's a good team. I like their core. I'm glad Miles Turner's actually going to stay and play a full season. I'm curious what that looks like. It feels like we haven't seen him play a full year in decades. Yep, another team that's most bet to the over, but on the handle. This is not the ticket count. This is actually what counts. This is the actual money. The Toronto Raptors, 36 and a half, is being hit on the handle pretty heavy. So post-Nick Nurse era, uh, they got my man that came over from the Grizzlies. I can't pronounce his last name, excuse me. But you know who I'm talking about, the Grizzlies coach, uh, the Grizzlies assistant coach. That coach, when, um, when Jinx had COVID a couple years ago, he filled in as the head coach, had a couple wins. He takes over for the Toronto Raptors up there in the six. 36 and a half, Stu, is the win total. I would bite on the Toronto Raptors being a, more, a team that wins more than 36 and a half games. The line does feel low. I'm not in on the Raptors this year, personally. I see potential to blow it up at the trade deadline. Really? Mm. I mean, I see a lot of guys. OG has been a guy that has been involved in every major trade. For talk. real. <laughs> yeah. How do, you, how do you show love to a guy like that when, you know, he's seen his name on ESPN from Woj three times a year, every year? It's it's interesting. It looks like they want to shop him. Pascal Siakam has still, I believe, not agreed on his extension. They've been going back and forth on that for what feels like years. Obviously, no Fred anymore, no Lowry anymore. The core of that team that I loved with Nick Nurse. I like Nick Nurse as a coach, too. I Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't think a lot of people give him that respect there. So for me, kind of losing those factors. And then, to be honest, people are assuming Scotty Barnes takes that superstar leap. The guy still can't shoot. You got to shoot if you want to be a superstar in the NBA. And also your passing ability as a big man is not going to be as impactful when they're not respecting your shot. So I don't know. Toronto, I'm not really backing them this season. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that the trade deadline has an impact on that win total. Um, but I could be proven wrong. That's a pretty low number, to be completely honest. Good stuff right there. Most bet unders on the ticket counts. The Milwaukee Bucks at 54 and a half. Look at this. The Toronto Raptors at 36 and a half. The Denver Nuggets at 52 and a half. The most bet unders on the handle. This is the money. This is what counts. The Lakers at 47 and a half. The Clippers at 46 and a half. And you know what? I agree with the Clippers at 46 and a half. I think that's one right there that I would get behind. 
The Lakers at 47 and a half. That feels pretty close to the number. The Bucks at 54 and a half. Yeah, I'd go under that because the Bucks don't need to win 55 games. Yeah, I agree. I think anytime you get in the high 50s, the mid 50s, it's almost under or nothing, right? Because yeah. how how are you trusting you can't that? You can't bet a team to win 60 games. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> and if you're such a good team that you're on the mark for that level, you likely rest your starters yep. that last week of the season to get everyone going. So I, I agree. I'm really not playing overs at that 56 kind of level or anything like that. What about the Clippers, though? Such an interesting team, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Terrence Mann blocking the James Harden trade, you know, Ty Lue out there, one of the, another guy that's one of the, and the best head coaches in the NBA circles. They need to, in my opinion, Stu, pull the plug on this Paul George, Kawhi Leonard thing and go out there and get yourself a real team. Yeah, it feels like they're holding hope for so long. And it's a shame. I am too. I like that combination. I, I've been rooting for those two to succeed maybe more than any other group of stars because I think the way they play basketball, just from a pure like love of basketball standpoint, is amazing. You rarely see two guys that can demolish you on both ends of the floor when they're healthy, right? Not just offense, but Paul George and Kawhi on defense is a lethal combination. The problem is we never see it during the regular season, right? So there's no incentive for me to bet on them when these guys have not proven they're able to stay healthy over the course of the year. So unfortunately I'm with you. I don't see any other path than to blow it up because these guys are never playing at the same time. No doubt. Uh, let's go back to some ATS trends from last season. Best two ATS teams on the road last year. Three teams hit over 60% on the road last year. The Utah Jazz, who we've already discussed, and then the New York Knicks and the Sacramento Kings. And once again, what you see is teams with low expectations, undervalued on the road and getting it done. I think the Knicks on the Thibodeau are always going to be a good bet on the road because that's a culture thing. The Kings, though, is interesting. Can they continue to be road warriors? I think they can. I think Brown is going to continue to emerge as one of the best head coaches in the NBA the more he kind of, you know, reigns in. He already, I believe he already won last year after that first effort there. But well-coached team. And I think the reason, number one, they're always going to be undervalued. To me, they're a little bit – they're a better version of this. But they're like the Minnesota Vikings – of the NBA where they're going to play up tempo. We're going to see pace. We're going to see scoring. And then even when they do lose, they're not losing by a lot. They're staying in games. They lose very close. They play everyone tight because at the end of the day, they're not really trying to lock you down on defense. They're saying, let's run. You play our style of basketball and it's working pretty well. So I like the Kings. I like what they're building down there. I think they should be good against the spread again this year. All right. The worst road teams against the spread last year. Right? There were three of them. The Memphis Grizzlies, the San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, under 35% wow. covered the spread in under 35% of their road games. And here's something that I think that we can kind of maybe point out. Right? Because when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, why are the Memphis Grizzlies bad on the road? Well, you got a young team with young superstars with a lot of money who look at road trips as let's go hang out with the fellas. You know what I'm saying? That's the Memphis Grizzlies. Then the Golden State Warriors, there's, that, that team wasn't connected. 
you had a veteran team with turmoil because Jordan Poole and the younger crew split. So when they go on the road, they go on the road as individuals and not as a group. When I look at this year, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the New Orleans Pelicans, younger team, even though the Pelicans do have veteran leadership and JV and McCullum, but their younger players are the stars. And then the Minnesota Timberwolves have younger players who are stars as well. What do you Minnesota's a real fascinating team coming into this season? I, I like this. I've never thought about trying to predict which teams have those kind of problems that we could take advantage of before the year. That's a veteran really team. angle right there. The, the, the 76ers could be the veteran team yeah. with the internal strife. And we've seen the 76ers struggle on the road in the past. Yeah, no, I think that's the obvious one for sure. The Harden situation, we still don't even know. We're a day out now, right? And we still don't <laughs> even know. I mean, we can assume he's not going to show up if he hasn't at this point. But yeah, no, I mean, that's a huge deal. Obviously, we look at a lot of this stuff as betters, you know, as a macro, right? We're not necessarily looking at the micro, what causes these problems. But I think when you do, that actually gives you a lot of value in how you look at these games. Because you're right. If you were in last year early on this Warriors trend, on this Grizzlies trend, I mean, you, you probably don't even need to watch the show right now. You're probably rolling around. Really? Somewhere, so. <laughs> I, that's interesting. I'm going to be looking out for that really close. I think the Pelicans is a really good spot, actually, to mention right there. Because not only do we have the Zion stuff going on, which, by the Brandon way. Ingram now. I was going to say, Ingram is the is the interesting thing. I wonder if he's unhappy. It sounds like, you know, there were some problems. And then CJ McCollum, I like the guy. He's not a vocal leader at the no. end of the day. He's a veteran. He sets the example for other guys. I don't actually see much, you know, veteran leadership stepping up. So I agree. I like the talent on that team. But actually, I think the the attitude problems can kind of blow everything up kind of early over there. What you get ready to say about Zion? Well, I was getting ready to say, I mean, I drafted the guy in my fantasy league last night. This guy was a superstar before. He's one of the best players in the world. He's healthy, and no one in the world is talking about him. When do you think this would be one of the biggest – like, when I go to click on a player in fantasy, I'm trying to think about all the news I read about them. I haven't heard a single thing about Zion in a couple months besides when we were calling him, like, fat a year ago. Like, why is there not more coverage on this? This guy was dominant when he was healthy. Well, listen, here's the thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe flying under the radar, you know what I'm saying, while everybody's looking over here – at Victor Webb Mignana, maybe he's, I don't want to say I'm coming through the back door, but whatever. Maybe Zion. <laughs> you get what I'm trying to say, people. Maybe Zion, you know, can, you know, be over here chilling. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Zion with less media attention around him. At least you hope so, you know, saying for your fantasy team. Now, let's let's turn the page and talk about tomorrow, and then we'll get to tonight's action get some picks and some props for tonight's game. But um, tomorrow, right, the evening starts off 7 p.m. Eastern time start, Atlanta Hawks and Charlotte Hornets, right? I don't know what the Hornets are going to be this year. I'm not betting this game because I can't watch it. I'm in that weird spot to where league pass blocks me out because they say, the game is on in my area, uh, but the yeah. game's not on in my area. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, that stinks. But uh, you're curious your thoughts on the, about the Falcons, on the Hawks coming into the season. 
Yeah, it's interesting. These are two teams I'm kind of lower on. I still need the Hawks to prove it to me first, right? I mean, we've got DeJounte. we got Hunter, a very interesting young guy. We obviously got uh, the bench is pretty strong with Bogdanovich there. It's just can these pieces actually come together? They assigned a Kongwu to that $62 million extension. I think a very underrated bench player guy I, I would want to see more of this season as well. So I, I like the pieces individually. The coach, obviously, they now going into year two right here. It's just one of those questions. Can they put everything together for now? I'm just kind of out on them. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Listen, no action for me right there. But I did take a piece of your Washington Wizards getting seven and a half in Indiana. You spoke about how much I love the Pacers. But I think seven and a half on opening night is aggressive. That Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat right there, obviously. I don't expect this Wizards team to be fantastic, but covering seven and a half against a Pacers team is a lot different than winning outright. And I think this should be a competitive game. Like you said, it's day one. There, I don't think we're going to see too many blowouts. I think everyone, you're on your A game. Your whole family's watching. This is before everyone pretends that they don't care anymore. The whole world is still tuned in to game one. And I think we're going to see some pretty solid performances. Poole making his debut. Kuzma there as well. I'm hoping so. I got that 25 points already locked in, so I'm feeling pretty good. No doubt. Yeah, I should go ahead and lock that one in, too, because uh, you know what's going to happen with that pool party. The Celtics, this line just moved up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. The short road favorite is one of my favorite spots to fade in the NBA. Yep. That road favorite coming in about four or less. Obviously, Boston is a wagon. The Knicks dominated Boston every time they played them last season. I, I like think you I get like a raucous. I think you get a raucous Garden crowd, especially an anti-Porzingis crowd. <laughs> and I think it's a last. I think it's a final possession game. I agree. I, and that's how the Knicks play everyone. But like you said, last year they played very good basketball against the Celtics. This is a great regular season game. I would say probably the best home field advantage of any team in sports, or at least in the NBA right here, when MSG is absolutely popping. That is an insane feeling, insane atmosphere right there. So I'm with you. I like the points right here. I'm hoping to get a four. That would be nice if I could just get that extra little point right there. I we'll believe see. in like, it must have been like 94, 94, 93. Eastern Conference divisions, Eastern Conference second round series. They came to game six at Madison Square Garden. NBC was doing the intro package, and you could hear the crowd chanting defense before the game started. It yep. was unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it hasn't been like that in years, but it definitely can be a very intimidating place to play. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers going to a place that's not an intimidating place to play, the Barclays Center. Cavs, two and a half, got a three out there at DraftKings. This is an interesting spot right here. Like, I feel like some of the shine is off the Cavs after how the Knicks dismantled them in the postseason last year. And then you have it again, another short road favorite. Yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing, it looks like Jared Allen's going to miss this game, right? So down okay. your down your starting center is never fun. I like the Cavs. I think the Cavs are going to be a team I'm on a lot this regular season. I think they're going to be a great regular season team. I don't know if they're going to be a great postseason team yet. That's obviously what they need to prove. I think I'm a little bit higher on Donovan Mitchell than the public is. I think still one of the better scores we have in the NBA. And when you surround a guy like that with pure defense, that's because that's what this team has. Mobley, we got Okoro, we got pure defense. I think that's a 
good recipe for regular season success. So I like them in game one, um, especially against the kind of disoriented team that I don't trust yet. Like, what do we expect from this Nets team this year? I have no clue. I think they have to prove a lot still. So I definitely like the Cavs side in that game. Interesting stuff right there. Um, where you at on Ben Simmons? I mean, where can you be on Ben Simmons? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I, he's going to play, it looks like. That's a surprise. I, <laughs> I, 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 That's where we had on Ben Simmons. He's going to play. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I'd probably give you a nice six, seven points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists, some solid defense. He seems like a role player at this point in his career. I don't think we can expect him to be anything more, or at least I'm not expecting him to be anything more. Probably be a bad idea to look for something more than that. Um, another interesting game tomorrow night, Minnesota Timberwolves and Toronto Raptors. I started to hit the Raptors money line in this one, Stu. And then I was like, no chill because let's see what they look like. No Van Fleet, new head coach. This is not Nick Nurse. If this was a Nick Nurse Raptors, hammer that. Give me that all day. This new Raptors, let me sit back and let me watch first. Yeah, I mean, even Raptors fans probably don't even know who's on their bench, right? This is a team that played their starters 41 minutes every single game, and we never even got to see the depth on this team. It'll, it's going to be a new look this season. We're going to see a new coaching style. We're going to see more depth, more rotations. For me, there's still a lot of question marks. Um, and like I said a minute ago, I'm not really super high on the Raptors. So, yeah, I'll probably yep. be avoiding them to start the season. Now, here's an interesting spot right here. This right here looks like a trap. Oklahoma City Thunder, Chicago Bulls. The Bulls open up a one-point favorite. BetMGM sitting at Bulls minus one and a half. DraftKings has already flipped to Oklahoma City minus one. Wow. FanDuel is at Oklahoma City. I mean, FanDuel is at Chicago minus one. So I think when this game tips off tomorrow, It'll probably be Oklahoma City minus one, one and a half. I'm going with Chicago Bulls. I am too. I am too. In the NBA, there's this cool system I'm going to inform all you guys about. Ooh, I right can't now. wait to hear this. It's called Take the Team That the Sports Book Does Not Want You to Take. Because in the NBA, when you do this every single day, you see lines. Even You don't even have to be a pro. I swear. If you watch the NBA every day, you look at a line and you just go, What? Like what, mm -hmm. like, what is that? Like, because you know that not only do you believe that, the whole world is going to be with you on that side. And this is a perfect example. Oklahoma City is like that new girl on the block. She just moved in. Everybody is fighting for her right now. Knocking at her door, you know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. And the Bulls are this team that, uh, you know, we got the these stars. The Eastern Conference for 30 exactly. years. <laughs> exactly. We haven't seen anything. And I think that shows. And I think it's going to show in the splits. And when the sports books see all that information and they say, okay bet on the thunder let's see what happens that i want to be on their side so i agree with you i think it sounds kind of dumb to say but it, it's kind of as simple as that in the nba sometimes yep. i'm with you i like the bulls another are you a big total better i like unders i play almost exclusively unders i don't really play overs that much yeah it ain't under till it's over um <laughs> a lot of times the best the most if you if you can really get numbers down right totals down right those overnight totals when they first drop yeah sometimes i see those and i'd be like oh my god and then you wake up the next morning and the total will go in the one direction four or five points overnight those overnight totals is really how you make money in the nba 
Yeah, I completely agree. And too, like I said, I was kind of playing a lot of unders because I was just looking what line moved five, six points. Okay, I'll fade the action right there. I'll take the under because you don't want to, you know, it's a lot different getting an over at 99 than at 106 or something like that too. So I agree. I think definitely you want to be locked into that. And also something I've really got on the only overs I do play a lot of first quarter overs. You got to find what teams jump out the gate. What number are you jumping on? 56, 57? Where's the sweet spot for first quarter overs? Um, well, I like team totals, but I would say the, the mid to low 50s is good. I like the team total when you can get kind of the undervalued team in that 26 range sometimes, or sorry, nice. the good team at that 26 range. And then the undervalued teams even drop lower sometimes. I mean, even ugly teams like my Wizards, Porzingis last year, one of the best first quarter scorers in the whole NBA. We could see that transition over to Celtics. This is one of those angles where if you pay attention really early, you can take advantage to what teams jump out the gate fast and which teams kind of ease in and don't, you know, go all out in the first quarter. Well, that's good stuff. That's good information right there. So um, got a full night. Uh, you do got, I guess you'll say the marquee late matchup, Dallas Mavericks and Antonio Spurs, another short road favorite. Dallas Mavericks laying it on the road in San Antonio, the Victor Webb Mignogna national debut. Yeah, this is excited. I already saw some books open Webb and Yama at 15 points last night. I smashed that. I see it's up to 15 and a half, 16 and a half most spots. Probably still like that as well. Dallas still lacking that front court depth, right? They don't have that premier center. We just drafted Lively at the Duke. We'll have to see how that plays out. It's kind of beyond that, the same retreads they've had there for a while. Maxi Kleba still in town. For me, that being said, I like Wemby and the player props. I like his blocks. Obviously, seven foot six. How could you not like the blocks? But for me, on the spread, it's still Dallas right here. These are teams in two different leagues. We got a team contending for the playoffs up here, and we got a team still in that, you know, top 10 lottery pick in the draft down here. And when they're only a two-point different, I'm going to take what I think is the better team, you know, 10 out of 10 times. So I'll take the Mavericks in this one. Yeah, I would also uh, go with the Dallas Mavericks. I probably would throw that money line in a parlay or something like that. I don't know how I'm going to play it. You'll be around tomorrow, you know what I'm saying, and I'll let you know, you know what I mean? So that's a good start right there. And then this thing with the totals, like when like when they release some books, when they release their college football games on Sunday, right there in the fine print, it would say, you can bet up to $2,000 on a side, but $200 on a total. They're letting you know right there yeah. where the money is at. You know what I'm saying? Why you can't bet 2000 in total? Because they know that you can, that's where they're weak at. You know what I'm saying? So that's where you can be sharp at. You know what I'm saying? And make yourself a money maker in this, uh, this upcoming NBA season. All right. So let's get into tonight's action. Uh, right now, let me take a look at the screen right here. And I whoa, something must be going on because Golden State's up to three and a half now. Interesting. Interesting. Do you think yeah. that's uh, – I just saw that move as well. Do you think that's uh, injury news with Booker and Beal? I saw both of them are questionable coming in right here. It must be injury news with Booker and Beal. You know what I'm saying? I would have to guess it's Beal. It seemed to me like Booker was going to play. I read Beal was trying to play. That was the quote I saw the other day. Um, so if I had to guess off the top of my head, I'd say maybe Beal's been downgraded on the injury report right there. All right, so that that's something right there. Is something to keep an eye on. Uh, but let's start with the first game, game one of the night. Make sure no movement in that game right there. Yeah, still painted five and a half across the boards with the Denver Nuggets laying it in this one. Uh, according to Bet MGM Sportsbook splits. 
You got 50%, 56% of the tickets on who else? LeBron James. 79% of the handle on the Lakers as well, getting that five and a half. And then you have basically bet MGM according to their splits. So that's for what it's worth. You got 44% of the tickets on the Nuggets. Only 21% of the handles total right now sitting at 227 and a half. This, like, I don't put it like this. I don't bet LeBron James, and I don't like betting primetime favorites, so it's not going to be no play for me. Yeah, for me, I think I like the Lakers here. They're a team I had a lot of success betting on last season, which I know is not a common statement from a lot of people, but that's because I took the pretty much exact opposite approach of stop betting the Lakers against the Thunders of the world, against these teams where everyone was kind of expecting them to bounce back. I feel like they lost every game to the Thunder, to the Pistons, but they fight against the good teams, and you rarely get a chance. You like them as dogs. I like them as dogs and healthy dogs. That's the key right here. You don't get a Lakers healthy team very often. This is going to be a real chance to not only show off LeBron and AD looking good, but also that bench unit that also, you know, stepped up as starters last season. But now, you know, we can expect to perform off the bench. Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, these younger guys that are stepping up now. So I like this team when they're healthy. I like them as dogs. I think this is a pretty good spot to cover. All right. Uh, bet MGM insights, most bet props in this game, LeBron James over 23 and a half points, D'Angelo <laughs> Russell over 13 and a half points and Anthony Davis over 23 and a half points. This just looks like a, a horrible way to go after this game. Just betting all those overs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, and I'll say I like the LeBron over right there because I do think there are very few players I think that really do care about the moment as much as LeBron. Like I, he does perform in the bigger moments when he's on prime time. He's one of those guys when you look at the splits on prime time versus not. They're pretty good, and twenty three points is not really asking too much for LeBron right and there. Then, right quick, you know that milestone. Can be, he can become the first NBA player to make it to 40,000 points scored. He needs to average about 27, and he'll get there about right around the All-Star break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just another thing to keep in mind right here. I've obviously got that historic thing that he's reaching for. So I like that over. I'll throw it in under I like as well to balance it out. I think Aaron Gordon under 14 and a half points is a pretty solid spot. This is a guy that is a great postseason player. Um, and I think one thing we can do in the beginning of seasons is fade the guys that were amazing in the postseason. Not necessarily these regular season stars. The guy I did it the most with the other year, Andrew Wiggins, absolutely balled out, was arguably the finals MVP for that run. And then we saw him kind of come back to life in the regular season. It's a very similar thing here. Aaron Gordon's not going to play 40 minutes a game anymore. He's not going to be playing that max effort, scoring five points a game on offensive rebounds. It's the regular season. I think we're going to see the scores take over a little bit more i think gordon under 14 and a half is a very good look especially ad in the paint is not someone you want to mess with uh you know when it comes to props i really kind of need to see it first you know what yeah. i'm saying before i start to to, to to bet on the player props but if i just go through my list right here and tell you some things between these two teams that you can look at i kind of you know let you talk to it and give it a shot i need kind of i need data first you know what i'm saying yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm an old man. You know what I mean? I can't be up too late at night following these things. But um, what about Austin Reeves? His point total, 15 and a half. 
Yeah, for me, that feels a little high for Reeves, to be completely honest. I like the game, but I think he steps up more when we see, you know, later in the year when we see these guys maybe injured. We see um, little breaks for guys like LeBron and AD where they're not out there on the court. Everyone's healthy. I would rather go a D-Lo, a Rui. When we know they're out there, they're going to be scoring. Austin Reeves, he's a, self, he's a selfless player. He'll pass the rock around. He's not looking for a shot as much. For me, that's a guy I'm probably not super interested at 15 and a half on the first game. What about Jamal Murray, three-pointers made, two-and-a-half? Well, I don't know. I love three-pointers, right? I mean, we're, you're going to hear that a lot to this me, season. It's my favorite thing to bet is three-pointer makes. Okay, so then if we're on the same page there, do you agree that these first game of the years or even first game back from the All-Star break, they're always rough, right? These mm -hmm. guys aren't in their rhythm yet. So for me, it's kind of what you said with the data. I just want to see them get into their rhythm first. I want to see a couple games under the belt before I bet on the threes because I was looking at Michael Porter Jr., but then I remember this is this is a pure rhythm shooter, and there's no rhythm at this point in the year yet. So I'm going to be a little bit of patient on the threes. Bradley Beal is out. Okay, there we go. Bradley Beal's unlikely to play in the season opener. There you go right there. They're taking a cautious approach uh, with Beal's back. So Bradley Beal will not be available, and that's why that number is up to three and a half. Uh, speaking of that number and that game, let's hop into that right now. No Bradley Beal, but you do have Kevin Durant. Phoenix Suns, three and a half point dog on the road at the Chase Center tonight. Uh, Kevin Durant going to uh, finally get his flowers from the Golden State Warrior faithful. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be a fun one. Twitter is going to be going crazy one way or another, no matter what happens. People have their takes. A lot of people hate Kevin Durant, obviously. Um, so that'll be fun. I think I like Kevin Durant tonight. I mean, obviously his points are locked right now. I'm taking a look at it. Um, they don't have a current line available due to the Bradley Beal injury news. I'd have to imagine it's going to be in that high 20s range, maybe 27, 28. It's kind of hard to fade it. I mean, Kevin Durant, I know I just talked about guys maybe not being this hot, but this is the best shooter we have in the NBA right now. I mean, maybe besides Steph Curry on the other side of the court. So I like Kevin Durant in this one. I'm expecting some fireworks. I think we should get a fairly high scoring, fairly high energy game. All right. There you go right there. As far as you like anything against the spread in this one, uh, Suns and Warriors right now, uh, there's the bet MGM. Well, you got heavy betting on the Suns, obviously. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be on the Sun side. That's what I'll tell you. I don't like that they're underdogs, though. It feels like you could flip this line and it would per be perfectly fine as well. So it's always a little suspicious. Um, to me, I don't see value. These are teams, to be honest, I want to fade throughout the year, right? I think they're both good postseason teams. But, like, who who's Phoenix going to guard this year? Who's out there playing defense on this team? I still haven't figured it out yet. No doubt. Uh, let me throw a couple of uh, point props at you. Hmm. Chris Paul, 12 and a half. No, no, I'm going to assist. I, if I'm betting Chris Paul, it's always going to be assist right there, especially after what we saw last season in the scoring department. Kevin Durant, 28 and a half. I'll go over with everything going on right now there. He's going back, going to get the rings before. I think you got to go over in that one. Uh, three pointers in this game right here. Um, Andrew Wiggins, one and a half. That's not bad because Wiggins is pretty efficient. You only need one and a half. Um, I would say over on that one. Are you getting good juice? Is it like super juiced up or reasonable? Uh, well, this right now is I'm looking at, <laughs> wow, $1.55. Yeah, see, that's. I wouldn't that, lay $1.55. That, that's kind of where it comes to. I like the spot, but at that price, they already kind of caught up to you. 
Yeah, nah, yes, yeah, yeah, no doubt. You're right about that. You know, I mean, that price is a little bit too high right there for that. Uh, for that three point, Clay Thompson three and a half. I would go under on that. Me too. Same thing right there. Too early to be laying these four, five, six threes. I don't see it. If anyone's doing it, we know it's Steph Curry doing it. Kevin Durant two and a half. No, Kevin. He see he does. He's do people. I would take the under on this. I would too. I, even when Kevin Durant balls out, even when he has those 30 point games, he's killing it in the mid range. He is taking a lot less threes than you might expect. All right. So there you go, right there. That is uh, Sportstopia NBA betting show one in the books. Me, Stu, and our brother Javon to be here getting you ready for these betting nights, trends, whatever you got, player props all season long. Don't forget sportstopia.io. So give us a subscription, a subscribe on the YouTube. Throw us a like on the channel as well and make sure you set those notifications to know when we go live. So you come in here and get this good information. Join us live or check it out later on before the game starts on demand. For my man, Stu, is Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. Sportstopia, fantasy, fire, and ice. We are out. Mm -hmm.